Welcome to the Inclusive Growth Show with Toby Milden. Future-proofing your business by creating a diverse workplace. Hello, thank you ever so much for tuning into this episode of the Inclusive Growth Show. I'm Toby Milden and I am joined by an amazing guest today, Jennifer Pine, who works for Radley Yelder, otherwise known as RY. Jennifer, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. Jennifer, can you just uh, continue with a bit of an introduction about your role at RY and some of the kinds of things that you get up to? Yeah, so I'm the head of brand at RY. So I'm responsible for all of the brand strategy and visual identity work that goes through the building. And we work with clients all over the world on brand and communication strategy. And part of what really sets us apart is we have this really in-depth audience expertise where we understand stakeholders, we understand employees, we understand consumers, customers, citizens, governments, investors, you name it. Because we have this really complex audience expertise, we have a bit of a perspective on different kind of complex issues that companies are grappling with. So we're often releasing thought leadership. And I'm I'm here chatting about a new piece of thought leadership we've recently put out around diversity and inclusion specifically. Absolutely. And in fact, I met you when you were speaking at a conference that I attended to, the Diversity and Inclusion Leaders Conference in in London. And that's why I invited you onto this show, because I absolutely loved the content that you put out to the audience at the conference. Thank you. So obviously, you know, some of the work that you do is helping your clients communicating properly and in a better way around diversity and inclusion. So what are some of the mistakes that you see clients or organizations are making when they are trying to communicate about diversity and inclusion, either internally to their employees or externally to the outside world? Yep. So those mistakes are pretty widespread. (laughs) And that's exactly why we created the report and the thought leadership that we did, because we kept seeing kind of either clients or other companies out there wanting to do something around DNI. But when it came to visualizing it or communicating it, they they're just really bad, um, really bad at it. You see a lot of what we were calling visual cliches. So you see rainbows everywhere. It doesn't matter if it's about LGBTQ issues, anything under the DNI umbrella was just covered in multicolors. Things like hands. So hands as symbolism. We don't know why hands are, are, are this sort of unofficial emblem of DNI, but you see sort of high fives and thumbs ups and sort of hands growing out of the ground, all kinds of different things, hands of different colors, and just like really bad stock imagery of sort of companies trying to tick every single diversity box. Absolutely. I've, I've seen those cliches myself. <laughs> In fact, after, after I saw you speak at the conference, I was redesigning my own brochure for my business. Oh, no. I shamed you. <laughs> you shamed me. And actually, uh, the brief that I gave to my designer was, please don't use multicolored hands or rainbows in, in anywhere in my brochure. So you're, you really did help me in that respect. So when, you know, when clients approach you, yeah. what, what are some of the things that they're asking for you to help with but you're based on those mistakes or cliches that, you're, that you have seen that you've put into your report? Yeah. I mean, I think 
honestly, the, the thing that's heartbreaking about it is everyone's heart is in the right place. We've got clients who are really trying, they, they see diversity and, inclu- and inclusion as a huge priority at the corporate level. They see the business benefits of it. They know how important it is and they really want to do something around it. And it's almost like there's this energy around it. Like, yeah, DNI, we got to do something that they kind of completely forget how communications work. And they decide, okay, well, forget our brand. We need a DNI brand. We need, we need an identity just for the DNI work that we do. Or, you know, our competitors doing this and they, it looks like that. So therefore we have to do it and it has to look like that. And if you look at those two examples at face value and you take out that it's DNI, they're both really broken ways to actually win with your audiences. It's almost like they forget, you know, brand and competitive advantage because they think DNI is this sort of like different different thing. And I think it's happening because it's really confusing. It's a it's a complex issue. It's not an easy thing to get across. I mean, DNI in and of itself is this umbrella term that doesn't actually get to the heart of each of the individual issues that make it up as a collective. So right there, you've got a hugely challenging communications issue that you need to overcome. To a certain extent, unfortunately as well, it's really nascent. So you know, you work in DNI, Toby, and you're you're far, I would say, far along the spectrum in terms of understanding these issues. And I imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, the more you find out about it, the more you realize you what you don't know. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so I, I think it, it's still this thing that everyone's just trying to work out, and nobody's really doing it brilliantly. And frankly, there's no there's no guidebook. There's no here's how you do this. Here's how you get it across. Here's what you should and shouldn't do. And and though it's a difficult thing to kind of grasp, without that practical guidance, it's just a bit of a minefield. Absolutely, absolutely. And are you noticing organisations make any other mistakes in terms of, for example, not really considering the accessibility of their communications? Yeah, I think that's a big issue. So one example that I talked about when we were at the conference was this, in the design world anyway, this absolutely beautiful, creative idea that won many design awards. And I think it was connected to breast cancer awareness. And <laughs> the, I, the, the campaign was called The Blind See More. And it was based on the concept that those who are visually impaired are better able to detect breast cancer, which is just an amazing insight in and of itself and talks about, you know, the hidden talents that can be there when you have a disability. However, it was brought to life in this very design-led, craft-driven, beautiful sort of exploration using Braille, which was lovely, won all these awards, like DNAD went crazy. However, then later it it sort of came to light that the Braille was an actual Braille. And so people who who can read Braille couldn't in fact sort of read the, the visual language that was created, which is just, you know, classic example of just not even thinking about the accessibility of the audience, particularly when you're basically appropriating the very thing that they use to read oh wow that's that's amazing um (laughs) so when it comes to creating visual identities for communicating diversity and inclusion either internally to employees or externally outside of an organization you know what, what does good look like in your in your opinion and 
the research that you've conducted? Yeah. So what we did is we analyzed Forbes 100 most valuable companies just to see how, how often these cliches are happening because we sort of saw them. We had a sense they're kind of everywhere, but we really we wanted some data to sort of get it a bit further. And, and what we found was that almost all of them. So 89% of these top 100 companies are communicating about DNI, which is great. You know, it's, it's good to see that they're embracing that, but nearly half. So 47% are using these cliches. So that, that's a huge, that's a huge statistic when you think about, you know, the power of these brands and these companies. So clearly it's a widespread spread problem. So when we saw that, we realized like we really needed that practical guidance. Like we needed to kind of put something out there to make it a bit easier for people. Cause what we were seeing was kind of brands were trying so hard to get it right that they were sort of pussyfooting around the issues. They weren't really focusing on clear communications and they were like inadvertently offending the very people they were sort of dancing around. We kind of came up with a term with it, term for it that we call the self-fulfilling faux pas. So you're trying so hard not to get it wrong that you then get it wrong. So we were like, well, how do we fix this, this sort of phenomenon that's happening? And we came up with 10 really practical principles on how to get DNI communications right. Those are brilliant principles. And I think, you know, every, everyone should download your report because just, just going through those 10 principles will help make communication so much better and so much of what you said really resonates with me because in my book inclusive growth i talk about the need for for leaders to actually be braver when it comes to diversity and inclusion because quite often when leaders are not bold and they're not brave and they're scared about rocking the boat we don't really see the change that we need to see happen in organizations Um, and inclusive leaders one of the principles of inclusive leadership is is really to to be brave and step outside your comfort zone. I, I really like also using humor. And there's the, for example, there's the diverse-ish film that was created a couple of years ago. It was launched as part of the Valuable 500 campaign, which is all about encouraging organizations to take more of an active interest in disability inclusion. And their video is just hilarious. It's based on real-world examples of disability exclusion but it, it really does get the message across beautifully. It's well worth watching that on YouTube. Yes. And in fact, I, I've seen that film. It's brilliant. We were really inspired by that film. One of the examples I wanted to bring up was some work we recently did for the International Labour Organization, which is a UN agency, which is sort of globally responsible for setting standards for decent work around the world. So they're one of our clients. They do profoundly important work and they... They gave us this brief all about how do we encourage more employers around the world to consider people with disabilities because it's a big problem where, you know, unconscious bias gets in the way and people with a disability have a harder time finding gainful employment. And we'd seen that diverse-ish film, which is, which is great. And I totally agree. And I've met the woman from the valuable 500 who, who's behind it. She's fabulous and amazing and just doing wonderful work. We were really inspired by that. And we sort of took a step back at that challenge and thought, right, well, we could create a film where we just sort of talk about how important it is to hire people with disabilities. But that's, you know, everybody knows that on paper, right? Like that doesn't really make you think. It doesn't really change. Your, we knew we needed to change perceptions. So, so we said, well, okay, rather than talking about the disability, what if we talk about talent? What if we talk about kind of the, the things that these amazing people have to offer? And then we juxtaposition that 
with some of the like horrible discrimination that they on a personal level face all the time. There's no way that that's not going to be a bit of a mic drop moment for anyone watching it. And so very sort of very similar approach where we had real people with a variety of disabilities kind of come and talk about some horrible things that have been said and done to them um, in light of their disability in the past and the assumptions that people make about them. And then we sort of paired that with actually this is an incredibly talented, successful person in the workforce who's contributing massively to their organization. And kind of throughout this, this, it was sort of like mean tweets <laughs> as well was the inspiration. If you've ever seen that on Jimmy Kimmel, where celebrities read mean tweets about themselves, it really does kind of make you stop and think and sort of question the things that you say and do. And we called the whole thing invalid opinions, which was uh, our example of bravery, where you're taking this term that for many years has been used in such a derogatory way. And we're sort of reclaiming it and saying, no, actually, when you when you discriminate, your opinion is invalid and kind of put that out there. And it was massively successful. It didn't have a huge budget or or paid support behind it, but it got more than a million views um, and shares around the world and is already doing so much more to help kind of the employment market really look at disability as an important part of their workforce, as opposed to, you know, just some more noise on the topic. That's brilliant. That's excellent. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Thanks. That's brilliant. This, I mean, you've got so much you know, advice and, and wisdom to share. It's brilliant. So to somebody listening to this show, you know, they could be a diversity and inclusion leader or a HR director, or they could be a chief executive officer who's really thinking about how they get diversity and inclusion really fully embedded in their organization. What is one piece of advice and how they can start mm-hmm. to to build much more inclusive communications or or just communicate their diversity and inclusion aspirations in a in in a, a much better way i I guess if I could give one piece of advice when it comes to d and i it's to use the same care, attention, and audience insight that would guide any other important form of communications so to marketers out there who are trying to kind of achieve a marketing objective, there is a lot of thought, attention, and insight that goes into the development of a campaign. And similarly, around recruitment strategies, around engagement strategies, it's basically to use that same kind of principle around D&I. At the end of the day, all diversity and inclusion is about is about relating to and connecting with your audiences, which frankly, that is what any good piece of communications should do. So I think it's Trying to get your head out of DNI as the separate thing and just think about it like a communications objective. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And that's such beautiful, beautiful advice because my book, uh, the kind of subtitle of my book is about hardwiring diversity into an, into your organization. And that this is what I do with my clients is about, it's about making diversity and inclusion business as usual. Yes, exactly. So, like you say, you shouldn't have a separate DNI communication strategy it should just be incorporated and woven into your into your into your usual communication strategy yeah exactly and you know what like we recently were, were approached by a company to pitch for a piece of work and they very much said you know we want we want a dni brand and we said no that's not what you need you need to embed inclusion into every step of your employee journey. And that's how you're going to win with this. Unfortunately, we didn't win the pitch (laughs) because they just weren't ready for that. But I know that smart organizations out there 
we'll, we'll start to get this because the proof is in the pudding, right? You know, there's, there's any number of stats that show that when you have an inclusive workforce and when, you know, DNI is at the top of the true corporate agenda, that those companies financially perform better, you know, they, they recruit better talent. Goldman Sachs recently announced that they will not take public any company that does not have at least one diverse board member. And although that term comes across a bit awkward, it starts to show that if like one of the biggest and most powerful investment banks in the world isn't going to invest in companies unless they're making this a corporate priority, clearly there's a financial benefit there. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's brilliant. Thank you ever so much. I mean, the, the other piece of advice is that we should be downloading your report as well, yeah. demystifying diversity. <laughs> um, so how how do we get our hands on the copy of your report? Yeah, no worries. I mean, we, we actually do a whole bunch of communications around diversity and inclusion, whether that's external campaigns, employee engagement strategies, creating films, doing brand work for, for brands that want to make this a, a priority. So we do all of this stuff and we've created this like content hub on our website. Um, if you go to ry.com, you'll find it. It's called the content hubs called inclusive by design. And then our report is on there demystifying DNI, which is a mouthful, but it's that practical guide to tell you exactly how to get started. And if you're still confused by all means, just give us a call shoot us an email we'd love to chat brilliant and so this is the inclusive growth show it's all about how organizations can grow by being more diverse and more inclusive so how do you see inclusive communications helping organizations grow yeah so in addition to kind of example i told you before about the ILO. I think the best way to kind of demonstrate that is to just talk about where we've done it um, and where it's been successful. So we work for a big oil and gas company and we do a lot of work. They have a global presence. They are a household name. We do a lot of work with them around their culture. They're in 70 countries and they've got these sort of wildly different cultural norms and they, they really wanted to tackle unconscious bias in the workplace. And so they, they sort of tasked us with that. The thing is like, the whole the whole catch twenty two about unconscious bias is that people don't realize that they're biased. <laughs> so um, we had we really had to stop and make them think and make them realize it. So it wasn't just a you know check your bias. It's like how how do we get people to realize that they're part of the problem? So we created this big campaign to help everyone in the company discard any and all assumptions they have using all kinds of different vis- visual metaphors. And I think what was critical about it is we didn't create this separate identity or this separate look and feel for this. It, it was very much in the kind of look and feel and brand identity that's so recognizable and so so understood to be part of this this sort of company's core brand that you know it was sort of accepted as normal communications so it was this really successful wide-reaching campaign which was great but I think the best part the proof is in the stats themselves so after having seen the campaign 58% of employees agreed that it made them feel more positive about working there and then another 63% had a conversation with their line manager about respect and inclusion. And you know, if you're getting those proactive conversations coming on the back of something like this, you know, you know, it's been a success. So I think it's really proof that if you follow this type of guidance, it it can help you much better achieve your objectives. Brilliant. That's excellent. Thank you ever so much. I thoroughly enjoyed talking with you on today's episode. I've learned so much from you. And um, anyone can get in touch with you if they've got any questions around internal communications. Can you just remind us what your your website address is if people want to get in touch with you? 
Of course. Thank you, Toby. It's very easy. It's ry.com. So just reach out to us there and, and we'll be happy to chat more. And thank you so much for having me on your show, Toby. It's been amazing. You're welcome. Thank you for joining me, Jennifer. It's, it's been fantastic. And you know, thank you for listening to the show today. And we'll be back again with another episode of the Inclusive Growth Flow. Until then, have a great time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Inclusive Growth Show. For further information and resources from Toby and his team, head on over to our website at milden.co.uk